Hey everybody, this is Chad Daniels, and you have landed in the middle of somewhere. Hello, good morning, or whenever you're listening. How about this? Good afternoon, good midday, good evening, good night. Maybe you're listening to fall asleep. I've heard a lot of people say that. That's not a compliment. It's a bummer. Anyways, glad you joined us. Across from me, you heard his voice. I'm excited to use this phrase. Across from me, as always, Cyrus Amundsen. It's nice to be here, Chad, and hello. Hi there. <laughs> That was very adult of you. Very glad. So listen, uh, hey guys, we got a new segment on Middle of Somewhere. Thanks for joining us. This segment's called Who Mowed My Lawn? Big mystery at the house in town this week. I show up, It's it didn't rain all year, and then it rained about 100 inches in a week. <laughs> And so I knew my lawn was going to be out of control. It was going to be like uh, one of those troll pencils that you you kind of twist it up and then you put the pencil in between your hands like a like a, the drum technique from Karate Kid 2 and you spin it and then the hair goes everywhere. Sure. I knew that's what my lawn was going to look like. And I show up and God damn it, it's mowed. Now let me tell you something. There are two options here, right? When neighbors, there were the three options. Number one, someone called the city and they're like, seriously arrest this person. So they come mow your lawn and charge you. Number two, a neighbor says something like, uh, well, you know, Chad's a good guy. I'll, I can help him out. I'm already on a riding lawnmower. I'll just zip through. He doesn't have a big yard. Or third option, someone went, Jesus Christ, what is this fucking guy's problem? And so I was hoping it wasn't number three. It's for sure and number three. I don't want to spoil. I, I don't know the I story, but I too. fuck. I bet my life's savings that it's number three. Well, uh, listen. Am I a winner? All I'm saying is, at this point in the show, we don't know. Oh, interesting. It's still we a mystery. We don't know. Yeah. So what I've done is I've walked around. I've really put some sleuth work into this. I've walked around the neighborhood. And I've kind of measured, like, who else has grass clippings in their yard? Who else's yard is exactly the same height as mine? Because I don't think someone would have taken out a lawnmower when they weren't mowing their lawn. Sure. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I walked around and I actually, I took notes. And I was going to go knocking on doors. Uh, my plan was to go knocking on doors this afternoon. Okay. Now, I'm going to break into this. Last night... I'm in town. Olivia has a soccer match. Yep. I said game. I said game, and I was corrected. She had a soccer match. She had a football match. Ugh. And uh, she's done with her game, so I go get Poe, bring him down to the outdoor rink to run him around, and I get a call from a number I don't recognize. It's it's from – a lot of times I'll get calls that say Fergus Falls, but the number scheme doesn't match. It's not like, you know, that prefix of three numbers. I don't know what it is, so I think it's a telemarketer. Okay. But yesterday, it was a legit cell phone prefix. So I picked it up, and it's like, uh, hey, this is officer such and such. All your fire alarms are going off in your house. And I was like, well, first of all, I'm spinning this around in my head, and I go, you couldn't hear that driving by. Yeah. So Somebody someone called. called the police, which is weird because they're fire alarms. But anyways, we don't have to get into that. So I get there, and he goes, he's walking around the perimeter of the house, and he's like, hey, are you Chad Daniels? I said, yes. And he said, uh, you're a comedian, right? And I was like, well, my house could be on fire. Let's get to that first. 
and uh, I, I do always and I do always enjoy it. I, I think it's funny, but so you know this guy's super cool, and he goes, "Hey, I already called the fire department. They're on their way." So um, you know, and I thought that was really a good move, right? Like you're a police officer, you're not the fire department, right? So call the department whose specialties. I think police are like, we're the guys who get here first. We're the muscle. And then now we can call the department you need once we get here and assess the situation. Sure. So, um, so they called that, you know, it's like, and I thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool of him. Cause a lot of times men don't call other people for help. Like for example, I'm just as guilty. There are times where I've pulled over on the road when someone was also pulled over with their hood up and I'm like, Hey, what's going on here? And then oh. they go, do you know anything about cars? I'm like, Nope. I sure don't. I don't even know why I pulled over. I actually know negative about cars. I know my car sometimes when I put it in park and I turn the car off, there's a little beeper that goes off and it says shift to park, but it's already in park. So I just put my middle finger and my ring finger on the middle of the shaft of the shifter and I kind of go back and forth like I'm pulling it towards me real fast. Yeah, giving it a little clitoris action there. Well, it's actually like I'm trying to fluff myself for a dick pic opportunity. Sure, sure, I mean, sure, it's a very sure. weird... You want it to not delicate. be hard, but you want there to be enough blood in there that it doesn't exactly. look... Exactly. It doesn't look tiny. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So... Um, Side note, So I that, yeah. like, that is one of the ways that I've been pretty worried I'm going to get killed in my life. So, I, you know, I know you're supposed to be a good Samaritan and stop and help people, <laughs> but I've always been convinced if I stopped and helped someone on the side of the road, I'd be like, oh, what's going on here? They'd be like, well, we're going to steal all your stuff and leave you in this ditch with a So what happened to Bill face. Cosby's kid? That's yeah. what happened to the real-life Theo. He pulled over to help somebody change a tire, and he got shot. Yeah, I don't – That's a, I think that's a – I had a friend who lived in South Africa. This sure. is, God, this is a, a decade and a half ago, probably, uh-huh. something like that. But he spent a year or two there, and that was one of the things they were told was do not stop. And Because I, I don't know anything about South Africa, so I'm, su- I'm sure some fucking twat is going to write me a message about my lack of understanding of a different country. But that's what he said. Like, if there are people on the roadside broken down, it is for sure a robbery attempt, and you will be in serious trouble. Do not help anybody. And that's that's got to be an that's intense a, way to live. That's a real bummer. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's got to no be a very kidding. intense way to live. Mama, should we stop and help this poor man? No, just intense, just speeding up. Like kids, are, their minds are blown. But that is what happened to real-life Theo Huxtable, or Bill Cosby's son. Mm-hmm. And uh, But then you think you find out what happened to Bill Cosby, and you're like, well, you know, maybe there's a lady who woke up and didn't know what happened after hanging out with Bill Cosby. And she was like, I'm going to get your fucking kid. I'm not I don't want any part of this line of humor at all. OK, well, that's fine. So anyways, uh, all the fire alarms in my house are going off and the fire alarms in my neighbor's house are going off. So now they're oh. thinking it could be CO2. But my fire alarms, when, when it's CO2, it goes carbon monoxide, carbon monoxide. Instead, it was going fire, fire, fire. And so I didn't know what was happening. He calls the fire department. They all show up, do full gear, full gear to fucking turn my fire alarms off. These are, I'm a grown, this is, listen, I'm a grown man. I'm 46. And I had to call a bunch of other grown men 
that were probably eating dinner with their families because it's a volunteer fire department. Great. They don't live at the firehouse. Mm -hmm. It was, and it was prime time. It was seven o'clock. And so I get there and they all come out with their helmets and their whatever, their reflective gear and, uh, and their fucking oxygen. And I was just like, Hey guys, (laughs) I'm, I'm holding one fire alarm. Just so you know, I shut this one off just trying to be helpful because I feel like such a shithead. I took the battery out of this one, pulled it off the wall, if that helps. And so it was horrible. And I know people from town. And so the guy that shows up, the the like the main guy driving the fire truck, his name is Chad also, you know, grew up with him forever. And he's like, hey, how's it going? And I was like, oh, nothing. And he goes, well, I don't know if you tried this for your fire alarm. And he did the throwing it on the ground smashing motion. And he goes, see, I could do stand up. And I was like, okay, this is just insane. But in fairness to them, you know, normally I hate that. Oh, you're a stand up. Let me be funny around you. I'm always like, cool. Let me put a rope around my neck and leap off a bridge. Right. But when you are bringing family men out onto your property in the middle of dinner time for a faulty fire alarm system i think those yeah. guys i think those guys get to let it rip like if they want to sit there and tell you street without jokes, question you have to sit and laugh without question because i said hey what were you doing before you got this call and he goes oh my son and i were just out to, uh, just about to pump up some tires for our uh, our little uh, duck hunting wagon that we use so he was all excited about that. And I was like, oh, cool. So anyways, tell me about smashing the thing again. I can't remember. But it was so it turns out, right? It's like um, my fire alarms are from 2015. And I guess around the seven-year mark, they can go batshit crazy. And that's what happened. We still don't know why my neighbor's was unless she has the ones that when when it hears another fire alarm chirping, that's what sets it off. Mine are hardwired into the house, so all of them go off once one does. But there are some that go off if they hear a fire alarm chirping. So, so I go you over think there. that your neighbor's fire alarms just happen to get on the same cycle as your fire alarms because of how much time they spend together? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I was trying to think of something that rhymes with seep together. Oh, bummies. Beep together, but I can't. Uh, so anyways, so I go over there and I'm like, hey, this is what they explained to me. This is maybe what happened. And then she goes. If you seep uh, together, you beep together. Well, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah that works. Okay. But anyways, I go over oh. there, I explain it. Yikes. And she says. <laughs> I just really thought the dis- about the word seep. Not only did that joke not make sense because... You know, I know we were talking about women and periods and fire alarms, like so it did kind of make sense, but it also made absolutely no sense at all. And then I just had to think about the word seep for a while in yeah, that context. Yeah. And it is a bummer. Well, you know what normally seeps? Gross shit. Liquids. Yeah, gross stuff. Gross bodily liquids. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, gross. So um I go over there, I explain this thing now to her. Now all I can think about is uh, a fire alarm wearing uh, wearing the underwear with the pat. Like, you know when you see the commercials where they do like the, the diapers or the tampons, where they like the pads, where they just dump like a gallon of fucking uh, iced tea into the pad and they're like, look, it seeps it right up. 
Like now all I can yeah. think about is a fire alarm with either one of those on or just a tampon. Like you just walk up to the fire alarm and you just see a string dangling. I um, This is the worst show we've ever done. I'm going to borrow something from you. I want no part of this line of humor. Okay. Okay. So I go Fair over enough. there. I'm, I'm going slowly because I'm scared you're going to interrupt me. I go over there and I explain this thing. And she says, oh, just so you know, hope it's okay. My dad was on the riding lawnmower, mowed your lawn for you. Oh, Boom. Mystery solved. Mystery solved. Yeah. Okay. So it was just a gen- generous, I would have lost my life savings. Yeah, you absolutely would have. And the police officer wrote that in his notes, which I thought was fucking awesome. Interesting. He wrote that my my neighbor had to mow my lawn for me. Yeah, that's a bit that's, emasculating. It was just like, can you keep that out of my file? Because that's, that's too much. One of the, so, you know, I spend a lot of time outside. Um, and yeah. uh, I spend a lot of time observing, observing. I spend a lot of time observing. You know what I think that was? I think that was your brain trying to say absorbing because you have seep on the brain, my friend. I spend a lot of time observing uh, the other human beings who live next to me. Uh huh. And there is a guy in this neighborhood where I'm living who I want to say every day, but I, I can't guarantee every day, but at least seven times now. I have seen him at the same time each day around 5.30 p.m. I have seen him. He takes his, his kid, which looks like a toddler, like two, okay. three, something like that, and pushes him around the neighborhood in kind of loops in a stroller. Okay. All of that, I think we can both agree, super normal stuff. Yeah. In his right hand, every time I've seen him, Yep. This dude has a full-blown ice cream cone. <laughs> also super normal. What's no, your problem? No, not even, not a drumstick. Not a popsicle, like a cone that someone made, like a, a cone that they scooped ice cream into. Now they scooped or it's soft serve? Well, I don't think the guy has a soft serve ice cream machine at his house. Well, I think you'd be surprised. I have one. And so... I, I don't know why I think it's so incredibly funny. I like the idea that that's the only way his wife can get him to spend time with his kid. <laughs> yeah. But I, it's amazing. Like, I don't know how you, I don't know how you even get a kid. Like, have you ever tried to, like, obviously he's putting the kid in the stroller after he makes the ice cream cone. Because you can't put a kid in a stroller and then just be like, daddy will be right back and then just disappear for two minutes while you make a fucking ice cream cone so just the image of this guy trying to strap a toddler into a stroller while also holding precious ice cream cargo in his right hand and i i have i guess i've never really made sure it's the same kid in the stroller every time i it could be a bait cone i guess i don't know but it's it makes me laugh really really hard because and he's like dude he's he eats the cone I, I know it seems like everybody who eats an ice cream cone would eat it the same way. Like, you know, you lick an ice cream cone. But he's doing that thing that children do where they, like, turn the cone and there's a lot of their tongue that comes out. Mm-hmm. And then they scape, like, 70% of the, of, the, of the cone's diameter. Like, why did you lick that far? It's such a dramatic licking action. 
That's how. Well, I mean, to tell you something right now, you're trying to avoid drippage because you don't want the ice cream to seep into the napkin that you're holding the cone with. And what you like to do then is kind of keep licking around to create almost like a reverse cone on top so you can keep everything under control. And then when it's skinny enough and there's a little point on top, then that's when you can start biting down on the cone. Sure. It just made me laugh. I just think it's and I'm <laughs> almost to the point where I'm timing my walks to be like, there he is with his ice cream cone. Like, I also just like the idea that that's just his because I'm a big routines guy. You know this about me. I, I'll eat sure. the same stuff. I'll do the same things. I'll go to the same places. I'm a real loser. And so I like routines, but it's I like maybe that just maybe it's his treat for himself. He's like, you did good to, today, Keith. You you'd had a. And by the way, <laughs> just to be super cool, this is this guy's like really fit. I think that's why it's so funny to me. He looks like somebody who would talk to you about CrossFit or some bullshit like that. So it's really interesting to see, a, and he's got to be 6'2", six, 6'3", six, this big, tall, fit man eating a full-blown ice cream cone while pushing his toddler with the other hand around the neighborhood at the end of his workday. It's just really funny to me. Now, you see him going one way, right? So the neighborhood has like a bunch of like cul-de-sac dead ends in it. So mm -hmm. he kind of walks a pattern. So on a 20, 30-minute walk, uh, he never really leaves my eyesight. If I'm like, if I'm hanging out in the oh, garage, like garage trash, okay. I can see him like he'll go down that cul-de-sac and then he'll circle all the way down past me again. And then he'll go all the way down that road and that cul-de-sac. So uh, I can pretty much keep him in vision when he is, uh, you know, fucking this cone. Okay. Cause, <laughs> cause I thought, I thought maybe he had the cone and it was like, he's one of those guys where he's like, I'm going to need to walk two hours to eat this ice cream cone when I get back, do some push-ups and make sure that these calories aren't going to my waist and my hips. And Because I've seen those guys too where it's like, that's too much. It's way too much. No, I think this is just a dude who loves his afternoon ice cream cone. And I, I think God. it's it's kind Good of like, him. I might have told this on the show before, but when you see, like if you were to see like a 370 pound guy like pushing his yeah, so pushing like if you were to see like a 370 pound man like you pushing like a 250 pound toddler and he's just mashing an ice cream cone you'd be like oh, i get it i guess i mean the dude look at him he's a fuck at least he's out here walking but i yep. i think it's really interesting when you see someone who doesn't fit the bill doing something like crossfit guy eating an ice cream cone while pushing his kid there was this dude and I like I said I might have told this on the show before but years ago I was at a country kitchen restaurant and <laughs> they had one of those crane machine games mm -hmm. and there was like a hardcore biker playing it and he won like he got a stuffed animal and like celebrated and I was like well that's not what your hair and body says at all so I like sure yeah you know I like when you see like you find out like a a hardcore fucking street gangster is you know he's like i also adopt you know puppies like it's shit like that where somebody doesn't fit the bill is doing something weirdly oh endearing. man fish out of water stuff is very very fun for me yeah very very fun for me that's why it's like i, I think a lot of those guys i bet you the majority of christmas time mall santa clauses ride harleys nine months out of the year Sure. And then they just then they just comb their braids out and brush their beard and they're like, oh, 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 and they love it because they're just really softies. But 
what you didn't see is early October them curb stomping someone because they looked at their wife wrong. That, that's honestly what I think happens. Just them and their buddies just beating someone nearly to death at Sturgis before <laughs> they let children sit on their lap in three months. <laughs> and he's so drunk, he gives, ho, 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 anyways. And people are like, what the fuck is going on here? Dude, I'm the only, I, you know, people aren't going to like this, but I don't, that's what I've always said. If you're a mall Santa with a fake beard and fake hair, I'll take my kid to you. If you're one of those mall Santas who's like, that's your real beard and that's your real hair. I got some fucking questions, man. I just I have to be, well, well, before well, I let my questions. four-year-old sit where you keep your dick, I want to know why you look like this year-round. And if your answer is you've been playing Santa for 20 years and you love it and it's a family tradition, great. But I want to know. I want to know because here's what you wouldn't, if you saw that guy at the food court, that 290-pound man with a seven-inch white beard, you wouldn't put your toddler near his penis. You just wouldn't. And people aren't well, going to like that. I don't. This might be another diaper situation. But fucking sure. know your shit. Ask your Santa some questions. First of all, shout out to all the people playing Santa in malls that have a dick long enough where it ends on the top of their knee. Way to go. Secondly, I'm the opposite. If I see a Santa with fake hair and a fake beard, I want to light that shit on fire and have it melt to their face because who the fuck do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Are. I'm trying to lie to children here, okay? <laughs> I have lied to these kids for five, six years. And now you're going to come in with a fake beard? And you're going to ruin my whole fucking lie? Get it? No. Light it on fire, kids. Here's a candle. The Santa at Ridgedale put kids way up on his thigh, dude. Well, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, yeah I know. Dude, I'm telling I mean, you, you, can't, you can't have a kid come up and go, what do you want for Christmas, a mustache ride? I mean, you can't be doing that shit. Dude, but that's what I'm saying. I think, I don't know, it's been a long time since your kids were, unless Isaac was sitting on an adult man's lap last year, which I hope not. But I don't think, and maybe I'm not a parent, but maybe, so maybe I'm wrong here. But I, I think more often than not, when kids sit on Santa's lap, it's not like he's leaned forward and they're up on his kneecap. I mean, kids are usually, I think, in the thigh range. I'd see, I don't believe that. I always put my kids just right on the crook of the knee. And Isaac was not on a knee last year. He was passed out because I got a dartboard downstairs and he tried to keep up with his old man in the booze category. Did not pay off for him. Hey, can I tell you about my trip to New York? Sure. Now, I need to break down the fourth wall for this podcast. We are recording. We're trying to get ahead of the game just in case uh, you, it's like something happens with your back or shoulders or something. Yeah, when? So we're, we're, we're trying to get, we're trying to get ahead of the game so you are Bro, always Bro, I just on. Googled mall Santa pictures and I, here's, here's the thing. I think yeah. when often if you have like a a one child situation you'll see maybe the child going out on the front of the knee like that. That's what I'm seeing. One child, more often than that, front of the knee, Santa leading forward both hands on the child's shoulder. I think it's when you have two young kids the Santa will put and he's got to put each kid on the lap. He can't have each kid up on the knees, so that's when they 
they ride up on the thighs a little bit. So now here's here's question: Did the kids have one leg on each side of the thigh, or are they riding side saddle? So all four legs are between all four kid legs are between the two Santa legs. That's yes, definitely side saddle, which is okay. Which is definitely good because it would that would be an alarming looking photo, even though there's there might be nothing wrong with it if they were both uh, regular saddled on each side of a Santa's knee. I mean, listen, I'm not saying all Santas are on the up and up because you as a parent, it's your responsibility to be very dialed into that situation. Because when Santa goes, what do you want for Christmas? And then your kid tells them and they go, hmm, that's one thing. But if you go, what do you want for Christmas? And then your kid tells them and they go, and they like wiggle a little. I mean, that's on you. You get your fucking kid off the Santa lap without question and i don't want to break everyone's heart here uh because i believe in the good of human beings but let's just have an honest conversation if you are an entity that exists for the entertainment education or sustainability of young children i got bad news there's some fucking awful human beings somewhere in your midst boy scouts girl scouts fucking teachers, counselors, cafeterias, priests, fucking... So there's no way that the Santas are all like, we're the one peer organization that hasn't been infiltrated by kids. If you're a fucking piece of shit who wants to do piece of shit stuff to kids, you have to integrate yourself into kid worlds, unfortunately. Oh, absolutely. There's no way there hasn't been a Santa that has put a red nose on the tip of his dick and asked a kid if he wants to see uh, Rudolph. Rudolph. There's just no way. So I understand what you're saying. That's why you got to be dialed in in that situation as a parent. You got to be ready to grab and punch at the same time. It's a push and pull situation. No, and I'm sure there are a lot of Santas. And by the way, I hate that shit. When I was, so my degree is, you know, I was going to work in after school programs. And I worked at this, this, my Parks and Rec? Yep. I I wanted to work with like Big Brothers, Big Sisters, something like that. Sure. um, Before I became a failure of a sick comedian. And so uh, <laughs> I... You know you don't even have to go to school for that, right? You can just sign up. No, I was an expensive degree to be falling apart and not going on stage. <laughs> um, I worked at this after-school program, and because I really, I love being around kids. We have a lot of kids in our family, a ton of siblings, nephews and nieces, that whole nine. And it was me and all, all women who worked in this program. And the women got to, like, pick kids up and you know, cuddle them and hug them and play with them. And I was, it was the end of one of the days and I was just sitting in a chair and one of the little kids climbed up on my lap with a book. And so I started Mm -hmm. reading it and they were kind of like leaned back against me, like kind of cuddled while I was reading a book. It was like a little three-year-old kid. And uh, the fucking twat of a person in charge in front of a bunch of parents and everybody just came out and went, sigh, no like really loudly, like, no. And I'm sure everybody in there was like, well, let's all get together at parents and try to guess what this fucking psycho did. Carbon monoxide, carbon monoxide, fire, fire. So I, I'm not, I don't want to accuse people of being pedophiles just because they want to be Santas. My, just, my point was, <laughs> my point was, you know, I just, I'm not, I'm not going to blindly trust all mall Santas. Well, it is weird, right? Because there are certain situations in society where um, Isaac has a girlfriend and he sure. goes over to Isaac's mom's for dinner and Isaac's, mo- Isaac's mom and the girlfriend 
hug. They're like, hey, how's it going? And they hug. I am a, I just, nux. Yeah. That's me. Yep, pound Because it I out. can't go well, up. I'm not, don't I can't, pound it I out. just, I can't just go hug a 21-year-old woman. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fucking crazy. I don't know her well enough, even though I really enjoy that Isaac enjoys her. Yeah. And I want her to feel as welcome as possible. I mean, hugging's not on the list. So I just have to be like, hey, my house is your house. Grab whatever you need. Like, that's my version of a hug. But Olivia's boyfriend, I would have no problem going up and and hugging and being like, hey, man, welcome back. I got no problem with that. Yeah, you're going to have to you're going to have to give him double hugs. You're going to have to all the hugs that were meant for the other. You're going to have to pile on to Olivia's boyfriend for sure. Well, what I do is I give Isaac a hug and I go, that wasn't for you. Give it to her. And then he hugs her, and it's like a weird, that's weird worse. thing that makes everyone I, uncomfortable. I think, yeah, I think that's definitely worse. That's a way worse situation. What's well, absolutely worse? That's why I do it. Because it's like, listen, if I'm gonna feel weird, this whole fucking house is gonna feel weird. There's just no way. No way I'm gonna be the only one feeling weird in my own house. No chance. Hey, I gotta tell you something. Okay. I went to New York to do stand-up comedy. So here's what I was trying to tell people. I don't. We don't know when this episode's gonna come out. Sure. But this is pretty fresh. I just got back from New York upstate. I went to Albany. Let me tell you something. Front row, Uncle Ronnie shirt, much appreciated. And everyone was so cool. Show was sold out. Thank you for coming. And you know what was nice? I went there with Ran Barnaclo, friend of the show, Cincinnati comedian Ran Barnaclo. We've talked about his mixtape on uh, Spotify, which is very, very good. Yeah, Mikey Kurtz refers to him as his worst worker in remodeling the club, yes. Yeah, but it's also like you're getting free work out of people. No, I want to be on Mikey's have... side for this. That makes me laugh really hard. Well, I understand, but I don't think he's his worst worker. Anyways, I want to tell you this. Not so if Mike Cronin's Ran, on the property. We, we gave Ran. They actually, a couple times, tried to sell the club because Mike helped him. Yeah. That's oh, how yeah. bad Mike is as a worker. Um, we sold... Ran Barnaclo's mixtape early on. That was like last summer we talked about it. Yep. And uh, this young man has has grown exponentially in the world of stand-up. Dude, I was dying He's backstage very, very listening funny. to him. He's very funny. Yeah, so very cool. So we get to Albany. The club is in a mall. And it's like finally we're feeling a little bit normal. We go to the mall because that's kind of on the road. That's one thing you did. Mm-hmm. You know, I live in a small town that doesn't have a ton of shit. So I go to malls and I walk around and I like, hey, it's like, I'm getting supplies at the big city. That's kind of how I use the work week. So super fun in Albany. And then after the show, we went to a bar downstairs. It was like this sports bar. You look like you're going to say something. Well, I was just going to. No, I've been interrupting you so much. So that was me holding back because I was just going to go, hey, I'm I'm in the big town. I'm going to go to the feet locker. Like, and that's just not, it's not helpful. It's just me using a voice. It's. I, can I tell you something, though? The first store we asked the sunglass kiosk about was the Feet Locker because we both were looking for a certain kind of shoes so that you're right on the uh, Y'all, does this mall have one of those hats store, like hats with a Z? Do you mean lids? Uh, yes. <laughs> whatever, whatever has hats. Um, so we're in the mall walking around, go to the show, awesome show, great crowd. Uh, one lady told me I did not love our country 
because uh, I, I don't know what I said, but she goes, you don't even love our country. And I was like, lady, yes, I do. I get to come up here and talk about whatever I want and no one gets to cut my head off afterwards. It's fucking awesome. I love it here. So please don't ever tell me I don't love America. I'm allowed to question things that happen here. Anyways, great crowd besides her. She left, which I thought was nice. They left very quietly, Good. which I thought was respectful. Then after the show, we go to the sports bar, and they have my favorite kind of bourbon. And I just went, oh, no. It was the same feeling I had when I drove up and realized another person had cut my lawn. I was just like, <laughs> oh, boy. We're going to be here a while. There are going to be questions. So had a couple of those. Go back to the hotel, having a great time. Then we were supposed to be in Syracuse the next night. Here's a little heads up for everybody. If you live in a town with a funny bone, some of them decided to do construction during lockdown and some of them aren't done yet. So it's like, it's no one's fault. It's just what's happening in the world. So Syracuse isn't done. That show got canceled. I looked what was going on in Syracuse, Foo Fighters concert. So we're like, well, hell yeah. We'll go to the Foo Fighters concert. We get there. No one's on, it's supposed to start at 7.30. No one's on stage at 8.30. Some guy comes out. Everybody goes crazy. And he goes, ladies and gentlemen, there's some weather in the area. The Foo Fighters are still at the airport where they were last night. And everyone's like, what the fuck? People are in instantly a bad mood. So we go to the merch tent and the, the openers come on and they're playing. And this lady who's older than me looks at me and just goes, these guys fucking suck. It was so funny. Everyone was in such a bad mood. Then another announcement comes on. The Foo Fighters are in the air. They're on their way to Syracuse. So we're like, all right, I guess they're coming. So this drunk guy's walking around the merch tent going, they're never showing up. I can't believe you're buying their shit. They're never showing up. And some little girl goes, will you just shut the fuck up? They're coming. This is my first concert. She was so young. And she told the guy to shut the fuck up, which I thought was great. So we see five black Suburbans pull up to the back because Ran and I are just walking around. And we're like, oh, my God, they're here. So we're like, get in line to take a piss. Get to our seats because this thing's about to start. Dave Grohl walks on stage. My ears are still ringing from this. He comes out. And he goes, next time you guys see... No, 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 he did not. First of all, I've never been so excited to be called a motherfucker. There were 15,000 people at this place, and he called all of them motherfuckers. And it took two hours to get in because you had to have your proof of vaccination, and sure. you had to get a bracelet, mm -hmm. and you had to walk in. And step he walks one, out buddy. And he, That's step one yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah, they're rounding you up, they're people. They're rounding you up. I've been watching, I've been watching stuff. That's fine. Enjoy not doing anything ever again. Have fun. So, uh, so we he calls us motherfuckers. Everyone's cheering how, how because did he I've do called it? people you skip, motherfuckers. You skipped over the you. You started to say well, the thing. No, I will. Okay, but I'm going to say I have called people motherfuckers in a showroom, and it never goes well. Correct. People turn their shoulders to the side like they're going to charge me. Sure. And he gets out there, and he goes, "Next time, all you motherfuckers see Mother Nature." Tell her, thanks for that little window. And people just go crazy. I mean crazy. And he goes, you know, we have to be done at 1130 because there's a noise ordinance. But you know what I say to that? No fucking thank you, motherfuckers. And he keeps playing. And then he goes, you guys got, you guys got time for one more? And everyone cheers. And then he goes, really? That's it? 
one more? I got time for several more. And he just keeps playing. It was the craziest shit. So then he plays, he goes back and plays drums. As you guys know, Dave Grohl's a lead singer, guitarist for Foo Fighters, but he was the drummer for Nirvana. Nirvana. He goes back and plays drums, and I put my hands like I have binoculars, like Heidi Klum does on AGT, and I am watching just him play the drums. And I got such goosebumps because I'm like, this is the closest I will ever come to seeing Nirvana is just getting to watch the drummer from Nirvana play drums. Sure. And it was. He is so fucking good at everything. And he's so entertaining. And he's so genuine. He just goes, uh, he goes, I wouldn't have missed this for the world. I love to rock and roll. He goes, you guys have fun tonight? And everyone cheers. And then he goes, you know what? I did too. And it's just like, well, God damn it, Dave Grohl. Thank you. Do you think, this is just going to, we should just title this episode, Psy is Unlikable. Do you think he We should is, title the podcast, Psy is Unlikable. <laughs> do you think he's genuine? Because my read- I absolutely do. My read with Dave Grohl has always been, and I'll be honest, I'm not a Foo Fighters fan. Don't care about their music at all. Don't dislike it. I'm just not actively interested in it at all. Sure. He's always- rang to me a little bit like Tom Cruise. When you hear a story about Tom Cruise, you're like, Tom Cruise sat and talked to my mom for an hour and a half. You're like, why? Don't you think that's kind of fucked? Like, I get that, like, we want our celebrities to be nice, but that to have that, like, be so invested in making sure everybody thinks you're really a wonderful human being. So, you know, everything I've always seen of Dave Grohl, it just always felt like he was trying a little bit too hard. I'm not saying I'm right. I haven't actively gone down that road and tried to decide whether I like him or not, but it's sure. never, it has never rang super genuine to me. Well, and I'm, I'm the opposite. I feel like he's on stage because he genuinely loves to rock and roll. And sure. he genuinely, he genuinely loves to have these songs that everyone knows where everyone can sing along. And I do believe he wants people to have a good time. I mean, listen, they did not have to fly. They could have gotten off the plane and just said, fuck it, we're canceling Syracuse. But they waited as long as they possibly could. And then there was a tiny window and the band took off in an airplane, which has killed other bands. So sure, it's like, uh, so I really do think he's genuine and loves it. And I think that it, there's, you know, well, that, I'm not saying he doesn't genuinely love playing music, but it's like that Garth Brooks thing where Garth Brooks is like, I just love my fans so much. Thank, thank you, Garth Nation, where he's like so over the top. I'm sure he loves playing the music. The thing that doesn't always ring genuine to me about him is the way he discusses his own existence a little bit. Like, you know, you get that sometime where either somebody is the nicest human being and the most genuine sure. human being of all time. You're like, oh, you're putting on a little bit of a show here. Well, I mean, Garth, you know, that probably seems genuine because he does have friend in low places. Come on, you guys. I did it. Anyways, let me get back to this story. Okay, sorry. I think he's genuine. They rocked out. It was so fucking fun. Then we go the next day. We go to Buffalo, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Huge thank you to the people of Buffalo. We went to Elmo's for wings, which they double dip. So you could do Cajun barbecue or honey mustard. And they put two of those sauces on one wing. And it's like, okay, yeah, you had me a double dip. Yeah, it is. And then we went to Niagara Falls and all that shit, which was very fun. But here's, here's what I like to do. When I rent a car, 
I like to buy the tank of gas so you can bring it back on empty. And then I play a game. For listeners from the very beginning, you know I like to play a game where I try to guess how much my gas is going to be once I start it. So I go, oh, 48.17, and then I start the gas and see how close I can get. Mm-hmm. Well, I also like to see how empty I can bring a tank back. And so Ran and I have went from Albany to Syracuse, Syracuse to the concert, concert back to the hotel, to, to Buffalo, up to Niagara Falls, over to get wings, and to the show twice. Now, we are at the show on Saturday night. We pull into the parking lot, and it tells us we have 25 miles left. The low fuel light has been on for two days, and it says we have 25 miles left. As we leave the show Saturday night, it goes dash, dash, dash. There's no longer numbers, and it says... So you're, you're fucked. You're, you're fucked. on low gas. So we go back to the hotel, and now we're doing math. We're like, well, it's two miles from the club to the hotel, so that should put us at 23 miles, and it's 12 miles to the airport. So Ran and I get up at 4.30 in the morning because we have the first flight out, and we are in the car, and it is dark, and no one's around, and there's not even exits. I go, I said to him, I go, if there's a gas station, I'm going to pull over, and I'm going to put $1 of gasoline in the car. Just because. But we can't find one. So for the first time all trip, both of us are just dead quiet. I'm actually, with my thumbs, I'm at 10 and 2. And with my thumbs, I'm rubbing the steering wheel like it's a live animal. Trying to encourage it to get all the way to the airport. And I'm just like, oh my god. And I put the cruise on. And then I can feel it kind of using more gas than I would. And so I take the cruise off. And I'm being very delicate with the gas pedal. I mean, when I'm going downhill, I give it a little gas, and then we coast. Sure. It is fucking touch and go. So we pull in. We finally make it. I almost missed the turn for the car rental place, okay. which would have totally fucked us. Because Rand goes, I think it's in the middle. I think the lane's in the middle. Because the right lane that I was in veers drastically to the right. And we would have been so fucked, we'd have had to make a whole lap. So we pull in. And he goes, uh, the guy goes, all right, go ahead and leave the car. He's yelling because someone else is there. And he goes, go ahead and leave the car on. And then the car shuts off. And he goes, I need you to leave the car on. I go, dude, can't. Out of gas. Yes. And I'm doing a dance. This guy's pissed. Because he's like, how the fuck? You're in the middle of the cars. How am I going to get this to the thing? And I'm doing a dance like, oh, shit. Full tank of gas. Start to finish. I am so stoked. And Ran is just looking at me like, I cannot fucking believe we made it here. It was so great that this guy goes, leave the car on. And all of a sudden, and I'm just like, no way. Try to start it. No chance. And I'm just like, what? Oh, it was so fucking great. And it made the trip. Like, listen, I've waited for so long to to go back on the road. And I've done it kind of here and there. But this was the official start of the new tour mm-hmm. and uh what a fucking great way to do it just say like i'm buying that tank of gas and i'm not putting a goddamn penny in there and then now <laughs> i could just picture three guys having to push the car <laughs> over to get gas i mean i'm in i'm all back in on this comedy shit i love it oh so fun and dude once again ran unreal
Unbelievable. Do, is that how you want to end the show? I thought it was a really good end with you running out of gas. Do we, do we need to tag another Rand compliment on the end of this thing? Yeah, probably not. That felt forced. Yeah. I got to go. Hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m. So click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work.